Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune! I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and extremely tired today. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past, so each day I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today in 1993, then-Russian President Boris Yeltsin abolished the KGB or the Soviet secret police. Okay, that's clearly a big deal, but why? Let's reverse and talk about what the KGB was in the first place, and then we'll get into when it was abolished. Let's start with what the KGB even stands for. Get ready, because it's a long one. Komitet Kosutartsvenoi Besopatsnotsi. In English, that means Committee for State Security. And I really hope I got that right. There isn't a direct equivalent in the American governance structure to what the KGB did, but here's an overview. It was both an intelligence agency, so like the CIA, and a secret police, which is like, well, I hope nothing that we have in America right now. If it's a secret, how would we know? But I digress. The KGB was also part military and was governed by Russian army laws. It also had some duties that are similar to what the Department of Homeland Security does, so dealing with threatening behavior from inside and outside the country. In practice, this meant that the primary function of the KGB was to quash dissent within the country. The KGB identified people who supported anti-communist political or religious ideas and then silenced them by whatever means necessary. In turn, the KGB protected members of the Communist Party and attempted to maintain political order. With the Communist Party and the army, the KGB was part of a triad that controlled the entire Soviet Union. The Soviet Union, or the USSR, was a union of Eastern European countries that were all controlled by the Communist Party, so the KGB, Army, etc. Moscow served as the capital and encompassed 15 republics. Today, the countries of Armenia, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Estonia, Georgia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Latvia, Lithuania, Moldova, Russia, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Ukraine, and Uzbekistan. The KGB was headquartered at a public square in Moscow, Lubyanka Square. It was formed by Nikita Khrushchev from the relics of the People's Commissariat for State Security, or NKGB, that had served Russia before and during World War II. The KGB was also known for using agents provocateur to get access to dissident groups by pretending they shared their values and then informing on them to the government. This was just one method of obtaining information, something else the KGB was notorious for. Abroad, the KGB sent operatives undercover to masquerade as citizens and obtained information about foreign governments. This was buffered by their local legal residents, who gathered evidence while based at the embassy or consulate, and if they were caught passing information to their operatives, were protected by diplomatic immunity. The KGB also worked to stop revolutions throughout Europe, most notably in Hungary and Czechoslovakia. The KGB became most notorious during the Cold War. It was divided into 20 directorates, or branches, and the ones responsible for foreign intelligence were feared worldwide as the Cold War ensued. At the time, it was the world's largest foreign intelligence service. The KGB infiltrated every major Western intelligence operation, and had agents undercover in most of the world's major capital cities. 
These agents procured information about technology in advanced countries so that the KGB could use it to their advantage with their own tools. Despite the KGB's international reputation, most of its activities were conducted domestically and often against the citizens of Russia itself. It is estimated that tens of millions of people died at the hands of the KGB. As we know, the USSR lost the Cold War. Inflation and food shortages rocked the population. As the 80s ended, the KGB's power began to be curtailed by the reign of Mikhail Gorbachev, who was trying to make the USSR more open to dissidents and restructuring the failing economy. In 1991, several high-ranking KGB officers launched a coup to try and return the nation to ideological and bureaucratic purity of communism and away from Gorbachev's reform. They stormed the Russian parliament building, but party leader Boris Yeltsin didn't budge. The coup didn't work, and instead of regaining power, the KGB had most of its military units cut. Several months later, the USSR disbanded, granting autonomy to the Soviet Socialist Republics and the end of the KGB was nigh. First, it was divided into separate branches of domestic and foreign intelligence. Part of it became the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation. While it carries out some of the same functions that the KGB did, it goes without the more notorious and scary aspects, or so we think. Russia also has the SVR, or the Foreign Intelligence Service, of the Russian Federation. And together, the FSB and the SVR function somewhat like the FBI and the CIA, Four directorates of the KGB remained as the Ministry of Security, but on December 21st, 1993, Yeltsin disbanded it, and officially, the KGB was dead. Many KGB archives remain classified even today, but scholars of communism have been able to glean some information about the inner workings of the party. Over 480,000 people were employed by the KGB over its duration, and unofficial informers are estimated to be in the millions. The current Russian head of state, Vladimir Putin, even once worked for the KGB as a foreign intelligence officer, so despite its dissolution, its aftereffects still reverberate throughout Russia. Today, in 2012, a song made YouTube history. Gangnam Style by Psy became the first YouTube video to reach 1 billion views. In case you forgot, Gangnam Style was the catchy, zany song whose music video gave viral a new definition in December 2012. The infamous dance, which looked kind of like a ridiculous rendition of riding a horse, was learned and imitated around the world. The title refers to the Gangnam district of Seoul. In 2013, President Obama cited Gangnam Style as evidence that the world was coming to appreciate South Korean culture. And now for our final segment of the day, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on December 21st in my life. Oh, December 21st, 2014, I was in Costa Rica. Um, I believe, oh, I was in Monteverde, which is a city um, known, Monteverde, like, it's known for being very mountainous. It has, it's literally in the name. Um, but I visited a, coffee farm, which was really interesting. My whole family got to go. I had the privilege of going with my whole family for Christmas. Um, and we got to go see how coffee was made in Costa Rica, which is really great. Cause, oh my gosh, I wasn't, I didn't drink coffee at the time that I went to Costa Rica with my family. And I wish so badly I could go back because now I'm addicted to caffeine. I would do anything to be able to appreciate a cup of coffee from Costa Rica again. But Monteverde was probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my whole life. It was very scary getting there. I believe we were like in a van together as a family getting driven from the airport to Monteverde like two days after we arrived. Um, or, you know, when we arrived and then two days later we were in Monteverde, but 
we, I think at one point we were like driving on this road and I swear you could feel the tire just catch air at one point because the road was so skinny and the van was so wide. I don't know how we did it. We made it there in one piece. The driver was an amazing driver. We got there in, you know, as a whole, which was incredible, but I would love to go back. I seriously, that trip was amazing. I will probably talk more about the different things that I got up to in these sort of sections within the podcast, just because I was there for, I believe 14 days was how long I was in Costa Rica. Um, but incredible trip. Very, very fun. If you ever get the chance to go to Monteverde, I definitely recommend. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. If you please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.